Playback on RTE Radio 1. Sponsored by FexcoCurrency.com. Your route to great rate travel money at participating credit unions. Good morning. Well now, no question over the lead this week. The 9am slot, no longer the Wine Tuberty Show. Tubs axed by RTE, says the Irish Sun headline. RTE dumps Tuberty just as €170,000 deal was to be signed, says the Irish Independent. Shocked Tuberty cast out, says the Irish Daily Mail, over a report that negotiations over Ryan Tuberty's return to the airwaves came to an abrupt end, just when it appeared that a comeback deal was all but done. Radio Gaga is the Irish Daily Star's view of the matter. Gaga is right. John is stalled with what it says in the papers and what had seemed pretty likely only a few days ago by 7.30 on Thursday evening was no longer an option. On Friday's Morning Ireland, Rachel asked Tommy Meskell this question. What happened? Yeah, it's been quite the turn of events, Rachel, since then. As you said, Wednesday appeared to be a good news day for Ryan Tuberty. Many were speculating that those findings showed he played no role in the misstating of his pay during that initial period and so seemed to pave the way for his return. It was Ryan Tuberty's statement, though, afterwards, welcoming those findings that caused the problem. Specifically, one line where he said that it was clear that his actual income from RTE in 2020 and 2021 matched what was originally published as his earnings uh, at the station. Now, this provoked anger at senior levels uh, at RTE because it appeared to suggest that Mr. Tuberty disagreed with the RTE board's decision to restate his salary back in June after that initial Grant Thornton report, the one that kicked off this controversy. And so by Wednesday evening, RTE was making it clear that it was seeking clarity from uh, Ryan Tuberty on what he meant by that line. We know from Tuberty's side that he did provide a response uh, yesterday morning. And my understanding is that he didn't seek to question the basis for the restating of those figures, uh, but was pointing out that the amount of money he earned according to the payroll system hadn't changed. There was, of course, that commercial tripartite agreement, though, that people will point to, which would have increased his overall earnings for those years. Either way, it clearly led to a breakdown of those talks, the Director General telling Ryan Tuberty hours later uh, that he would not be continuing with negotiations for now. Wowzers. Also on Morning Ireland, the man who had made that decision, Director General Kevin Backhurst. Can you explain the reasons behind your decision? Yes, um, we invested a a huge amount of time in the last uh, couple of months um, in discussions with Ryan um, to try and see if there was a way back. Um, I've always said I think he's a hugely talented broadcaster and he's had a very long career at RTE. And as we just heard, there are many people in the audience there who really like what Ryan does. Um, uh, But it wasn't straightforward having the discussions. Um, But I felt we got to a position where we were nearly there and nearly uh, at a point where we could bring him back. I I knew very well from talking to staff within RT that opinions were strongly divided as to whether we should bring Ryan back and uh, the same with senior members of management and board. Um, But I felt for a long period it was the right thing to try and do to bring him back I wanted to be fair and I wanted to do the right thing for the audience and the right thing for RT and for Ryan um, however I feel there was an issue throughout about uh, the need to accept your role in you know what has been a hugely damaging scandal for everybody involved and particularly for RT you need to take the the vast majority of the blame but there are others including Ryan and his team who should take some of the blame and take some responsibility and did you feel then that he wasn't doing that 
It was a concern of mine throughout that I don't think he was in that position and I don't think he also um, was aware that uh, there was significant resistance in many, in, in significant resistance in parts of the organisation to him coming back. So, uh, you know, we had discussions about that and, um, you know, I was trying to make him aware of that and the need for him to approach it in, in a way that would deal with some of those things. Rachel, however, put this to the new DG. To look at this from his perspective, two separate reports, one into the Renault arrangement, the other into the earlier payments, the 2017 to 2019 payments, two separate reports have found no wrongdoing on his part. So why should he lose his job? I don't think that's a fair characterization of the reports, but I do think everyone has got to accept those reports in full and not in part um, and not try and spin their own narratives. And those reports and the board statement restatement of what Ryan received in pay for those two years in 20 and 21. Um, you know, people have got to accept that because we've got to move on from this now. We've got a version. It fairly reflects overall what he was paid in lieu of those years. And to start questioning that is counterproductive. And we can't be going round in circles arguing about this. You know, we've got to have the integrity to um, own our mistakes. Uh, uh, and you uh, don't think he was doing that, no, obviously. From Morning Ireland. And as the day wore on, more analysis and more perspectives on what, for radio listeners everywhere, was a seismic event. With Claire, Tom Lines of The Currency. And in his view, this came down to trust and timing. The, the figures that were published, they were minus the, let's call them the Renault payments that were ultimately from RTE in, in the case of all of those years. So was Ryan Tuberty right or wrong? Ryan Tuberty, if, if he's looking specifically at, like he's trying, like he is, like they're sort of dancing on the heads of pins, which is to say, look, you know, that, that the first 75,000, well, that actually did come from Renault, but he's not allowing for the fact that there is also a credit note from RTE. So yeah. effectively... You know, Orty was paying something, which mm-hmm. was that was that was airtime that they could have sold elsewhere and they could have raised money from elsewhere. And then he doesn't acknowledge like that the other two two seventy five thousand euro payments that there was he was due to to provide events. He never did those events. And as he said at the time when the first report came out, and he apologised, he should have asked more questions about this. And now we've got a like he suddenly goes back over that old ground from a number of weeks ago and uh, that clearly was the, t- the tipping point. Okay, so, so that statement was made by Ryan Tuberty on Wednesday in the aftermath of the publication of the report. But his position on those figures was known back at the time when he appeared at the Oireachtas Committee hearing. So it wasn't a surprise that this is what he believes to be the case around those numbers. Uh, yes, but I think it was a surprise that like, like, like whatever about disputes that might go on behind the scenes, uh, this was something that was said very publicly at a very delicate time for RTE mm-hmm. uh, where it is facing a series of crises and it's facing funding issues and as Kevin Backers was saying that like, like it was about re-establishing trust and that this organisation is bigger than any one individual that you suddenly see this statement coming out and we're going back over something that happened a number of weeks before uh, and I think that if you you see what Backer said, that like he said, the timing wasn't helpful, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems to have kicked off the whole debate again. And then we have Ryan Tuberty saying, "Look, I stick, I stick by that statement." Now bear in mind, all of this was yesterday. 
Earlier in the week, the news agenda was dominated by other issues brought to light by the Grant Thornton report. Namely, the under-declaration of presenter Ryan Tuberty's earnings in an effort to create the impression that he was earning less than half a million euro. The report found that Mr Tuberty had no involvement in the adjustments made by the broadcaster. This was entirely down to decisions made by RTE, raising some very serious issues around governance. Just after the report was published, Arthur Beasley of the Irish Times joined Clare. But given that we are very clear now that the, the, the report points to a potential motivation from RTE to publish these figures which were incorrect in order to keep that published figure below 500,000 for those three relevant years. What do you think the implications of this are? They're they're very serious because this is a very important national institution uh, at its core uh, and at the heart of its remit is to tell the truth and to seek the truth. And uh, here we have an instance uh, and not the first one in the case of Ryan Tuberty's pay, where the truth was not being told uh, either to the people uh, who uh, watch TV and listen to the radio and, and people who do pay the licence fee, or indeed to uh, TDs and senators in the Oireachtas, uh, who ultimately have o- o- oversight over all national institutions. Later, on drive time, Sarah got the view of NUJ representative Emma O'Kelly. I mean, we've been through an awful lot, um, staff at RTE. We already knew about this overstatement statement of payments to Ryan Tuberty. But even taking all that into account, it is still really shocking and galling, I must say, to read in the kind of cold forensic language of this report, an accountant saying that after he's turned everything upside down and inside out in terms of the RTE accounts, that he can't see any reason uh, for this understatement other than uh, basically the optics uh, or other than RTE wanting to make it look as if Ryan Tuberty was earning less than half a million euro a year. And that, as I say, is just really galling for us. And all of this has no doubt contributed to the massive drop in revenue from the licence fee. Off a cliff it has fallen. On Friday's News at One, Larry Bass of Shin and Will Productions because the independent sector is also dependent on the licence fee. We know that negotiations which had been underway in relation to a new funding model for public service broadcasting have been paused as a result of this recent controversy. How, how, how soon would you like to see those discussions resumed or should they be resumed? I mean, I'm tired of discussions. I'm tired of reports. I'm tired of consultants. You know, in the last couple of months alone, how much money has been lost out of uh, the licence fee to pay um, Grant Thornton? Um, to pay Mazars, to pay whoever else you want to write a report. Meanwhile, nobody is making a decision. Make the decision. You know, you need to think about people around this country who, um, it's all fine and well, people who live in multi-channel land on the eastern seaboard saying, I don't watch RTE. But if you're an 82-year-old sitting at home in West Mayo or in East Clare and the only option you have is whatever national broadcast services you can get for your licence fee or if you're a pensioner which uh, you don't have to pay the licence fee you can have something there to keep you company Mm -hmm. to give you information and to be part of who you are and reflect the nation that we all live in and we're just letting it just flitter away disappear and it's only going to be missed when it's gone From yesterday's News at One and then on Liveline Colm O'Mongon opened up the faders what did you, the listeners, make 
of the end of the Ryan Tuberty show. I'm totally shocked, very disappointed that I learned last night that Ryan would not be returning to his radio programme. I really felt that the breakdown of talks, the reasons given were very limp and rather petty. Um, I thought it was very, very poor from a leader, a new DG, to announce on the nine o'clock news that um, the door is still open just minutes after he had dumped Ryan. I really feel Ryan has been scapegoated in this awful, sorry mess. Um, There's very little um, sanctions evident for senior management and the people who created this shambles. I think Kevin Backhurst made the right decision. I think in, in, in a position like that, he had to show that he was coming in, he was going to clear the decks, he was going to get RT back on its feet, he was going to clear all the the mud and um, make it all transparent again. Now, there's a lot more to do, obviously, but the thorn in the side, if you want to put it that way, for him was going to be Ryan Tuberty. I'm disgusted. I think poor Ryan has been used as a scapegoat. Uh, the Grant Thornton report totally cleared Ryan and Noel Kelly of any wrongdoing. I cannot understand just because of the statement that Ryan put out. Defending or saying what he felt had to be said, I don't think that was enough by any stretch of the imagination to do a, do a U-turn and take him off the air. He waived his 120,000 exit fee. He pays his taxes. He's brought a huge audience to RTE. I think he's an absolute brilliant presenter. His reputation is in ruins. I mean, how, what his mental health is like? I'm so upset. I think that Ryan Turberty's salary was extortionate, to say the least. I think he's feathered his nest now for his life. I think the way things have been handled, actually, the way he's kind of, you know, feeling like he's the victim, he knew exactly what was in his, his uh, pay packet. I just think it's disgraceful. Kevin Barkhurst has done the correct thing and he said he didn't take any any pleasure in doing it. There's a huge staff in RT who are part of the people who are behind those presenters, who do the hard work, who do the research, who produce the scripts. You could see the protests that were made every Friday there, led by M.L. Kelly, and speaking about short contracts and their salaries being cut. They're the people I feel sympathetic to. Ryan Tuberty decided to leave the Late Late Show, fine. And he said he wanted to do other things. Now he has the opportunity to do other things. But he put his foot in his mouth. It was like putting... A football in his mouth by making that statement. And Kevin uh, Backhurst was right. He said he seemed to have been wrongly advised. But the door will be open for him in time to come. Imagine to say Ryan Tuberty was getting more than the Taoiseach of the country and more than the President of France. Said he hasn't murdered anyone, he didn't do any abuse to anyone. Yet we are going to town. Every media outlet, every paper, every journalist is just lambasting the poor man. He can't step outside his door. No, he no. He's the most recognizable face. No, he can't do anything. Everyone has an opinion on where he goes. I would be surprised if he walks down the street and someone says, Congratulations, you know, you did the right thing, and someone else just throws an apple at him. We just need a bit more compassion and understand that he's a human being. And while you might disagree with what he's done, or you mightn't like him or like his show, just realise that he's a human at the end of the day. He's not a robot. He has feelings. He has family. From Liveline, meanwhile, from Thunderstruck to the hustle, because now the 9am slot is up for grabs.
what a week. Back in a bit. Welcome back. This week, ain't any Launa taking no prisoners. And by prisoners, we mean Kira King, who innocently put forward this notion. You want to know what you're doing if you're a cat, the mushrooms. I mean, if you eat a berry that doesn't taste or isn't very good, mm-hmm. you get sick. But if you eat the wrong mushroom, you will die. There are people up in Bowman with kidney tra- with oh. liver transplants because they've eaten the wrong mushroom. So okay. if you don't know what it does, if you think it looks maybe like the one in Superquin or whatever, yeah. do not, unless you know exactly no, what you're doing, unless, don't eat that's mushrooms. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Unless you know exactly what you're doing, I mean, I think it'd be well, absolutely... Well, I mean, with blackberries, you can't go wrong with yeah. hazelnuts. And yeah. if, you know, if you eat the wrong thing, you'd get sick because plants won't do the same thing to you, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But mushrooms... And there really, is apps out there that you can download onto your phone if you don't know what you're doing and you can take a picture and it'll tell you what it actually no, is. Don't even trust you know I mean? those. That's yeah. even worse. Do not give out that advice. You have to go to an app on the phone and it tells you something's only found in America. They're all biased towards American Fair. stuff. Google stuff is all biased towards America. Gotcha. Okay. I get more people telling me in things, I found this moth in my garden, it only occurs in Patagonia. Well, you know something. Gotcha. Okay. This is an, and you do the same with a mushroom yeah. and it looks grand. I mean, you know, there are two people up, I was just talking to them and it, uh, at, the, at the, um, the, the people from Bowman at the Spring at the horse or not the horse show at the at Bloom mm-hmm. and they said people had eaten mushrooms that they googled they were, they gotcha. were from Canada they were okay. the same ones as in Canada which they could eat but but it wasn't the same wasn't. in so Ireland don't okay. compare do you know what? don't eat anything that you compare on your phone okay. you can identify flowers you can identify birds but do not identify something Fair. that you're going to eat do not listen absolutely disregard what I just said there Ina thank you, you. No, no you're right no, you're absolutely right throat, but I mean, no, you're okay. to... my stuff and Jerry are getting it now Jerry from earlier he was feeding the, the blackbirds no but I completely understand where you come from yeah, what do you expect me to come in and say life is wonderful? I know the other... <gasps> Never be expecting that, Aina. However, some common ground was reached on swifts because their migration is a mystery to all. This is now the 15th of August, probably the very last day you'll see swifts. The swifts are the last to come okay. and the first to go. And where do they go? Nobody knows. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is swifts are birds of the air. They, 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 when they're born and go off out of the nest, they don't come down to land for four years. What? They fly around nonstop for four years. They sleep on the wing, they feed on the wing. I mean, and they could lay an egg on the wing too, and the mate on the wing. But if you lay an egg on the wing, it falls to the ground and breaks. Yeah, of so that when they're four years old and ready to breed, that they come back to a breeding spot mm-hmm. and they just zoom into the roof. But they, if they landed on the ground, they can't take off. So they have tiny little legs. They haven't been, they have legs, but they haven't been developed. So they don't have rings on them. We don't know where they go. I mean, we know where birds go, all those migratory birds. They're yeah. putting rings on them but and then they're know. found in Africa or they're found wherever yeah. they've gone. But we don't know for the swifts. They fly up in the air, way up into the stratosphere. Plane Pilots in planes at 35,000 feet have seen swifts. Really? Yeah, so that it's one of the great unsolved mysteries yeah, as and to where they I, go. I kind of love that mysterious switch that's what goes Aina in with Kira King and more nature with Brendan Owen Connachton is founder of the Gaelic Woodland Project and he is all about deforestation or rather replanting more native trees what does that actually mean native well Ireland is actually very interesting because of the glaciation that occurred here we were the ebb and flow of glaciation so the island was flattened and we have lots of bogs uh, and then you had the uh, the English Channel that developed so we don't have as much floral diversity as Europe but we do have some really distinguished trees so the island would have been predominantly cecil and pendunculate oak which would have formed uh, a special type of habitat called Atlantic Rainforest so oak is an epic tree it's got a deep tap root it can survive lightning it can survive storms and because of this it just 
allows for these ancient trees to develop and these things, you know, 30, 35 meters in height. But when it hits that height, it just starts to get wider and wider. Right. And there's one tree in particular in Clare uh, outside Scarif, 24 feet in diameter. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So how old does that mean that that is? About a thousand years. Wow, isn't that incredible? Mm. So that? these uh, ancient trees would have created um, a really unique microtopographical forest floor with lots of bryophytes, their mosses. Like Ireland has 75% of all the varieties of mosses in Europe. And this would have been a keystone aspect of the Atlantic rainforest that used to cover the west coast of Ireland. And if we look back, our Brehan laws were closely aligned with nature. In Ireland in the 6th century, there was over 60 law tracks. Wow. In the UK, just in, our, in England, just to, for comparison, there were four. And there were four, that, and each one is attributed to a different king. But in Ireland, the laws seem to have evolved from the landscape. They were related to bees. They were related to common grazing, common woodland. But the trees in particular, there's a law code called Laws, laws of the Neighbourhood. I, I won't try the Irish because it's beyond my tongue. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> but they broke down four different types of tree and they created a judgment for damage to each type of tree. So there was legally there was a, a place for trees and then culturally as well you have trees that were used for inauguration they were used for marriages and there's records from Geraldus of Wales he's a 12th century chronicler who came here and said terrible things about the Irish but it emphasises the nice things that he said he said our music was amazing but he said that there was holy men uh, planting yew trees in sacred spaces and even now if you go to a graveyard you'll see yew trees everywhere so it was in the law it was in the culture and that has been forgotten that is quite fascinating. Over on Cayley House, tradition's been kept very much alive. At the gig rig at the Fla, this young, award-winning lilter, Ava Egan with Kieran. Uh, I won the lil- under-15 lilting. Yeah. I don't know, did the rest of you hear that? She won the under-15 lilting. Yeah. That's the Galway crowd out there. Yeah. So, what are you going to lilt a tune for us? What will you do? Uh, a reel called Hold the Reins. Now that is magic and brings us to second captains, their guest Conan O'Brien, more Irish than the Irish themselves. But the comedian and talk show host, was he into sport? Not so much. My father once said to me, you know, the problem with our family is, he said, in sports, you really have to care where the ball is, passionately. You need to care where it is. And he said, I don't think any of us care where the ball is. (laughs) And I I think that's true, meaning I'll see where the ball is. Let's say it's baseball uh, or football, and I'll start moving towards it. But if I connect with that ball or not is not of prime importance to me. So that, I think, was crucial. 
because I'm endowed with incredible physical skills. Of course. But I just didn't have, yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. But I didn't have the, the drive. So a slightly less than enthusiastic sports person, which really makes no odds, as we all know, for second captains. And he talked about his love of talking, which he puts down to his Irish roots. Yes, the words gift and gab are about to be used. You know, the people talk about the gift of gab. And I think I have that quality. Um, I talk to everybody. And I, people obviously, they'll, recognize me uh, often and say, oh, hi, Conan, what's up? And I'll say, how are you? And they'll want a selfie. But then I'll keep the conversation going until they say, you know, Conan, I really have to go. <laughs> and, my, and my wife has seen that happen hundreds of times. So I don't know. I think that's, that's something we have. And you look at, as you talked about the American talk show, what's a superpower that would really help you I did it for 30 years. I've done thousands of hours of broadcasting. And there are many times where I was out there with people who had nothing to say. So I would talk. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, okay, well, I know you've got a brand new show on the WB and you're 19. You haven't had a lot of life experience. Tell me, uh, you know, little Billy, uh, what's it like? You have this new show. I don't know. It's okay. That's interesting you say it's okay because what I'll tell you that I think. And then I would talk for the entire time. And when the show was over... The producer would say, you know, that little Billy kid was pretty good. And I'd say, he was shit! What do you mean he was pretty good? I talked! I talked for 25 minutes. I told 15 stories. Oh, I don't know. I heard some laughs. Yeah, those were my laughs. Little Billy didn't do anything. So I don't know. I think we have that. I do think we have that. But after so many years at the top, he quit. I didn't want to stay at the party so long that I was asked to leave. I mm -hmm. thought, you know, it's the Irish goodbye. I really want to just say this was lovely and sneak out the back door uh, and then have people notice I'm gone. And maybe some of them say, oh, that's too bad. I enjoyed him. But <laughs> don't stay until they're, they're, they're flicking the lights and telling everyone to, to get out. So I left. And I'm, in the last two years, I'm realizing how focused... I was and how much work that was and how uh, things got easier over time. But still, when you have to do an hour every day and you want it to be good and you want it to have produced comedy and you want to make sure you have a good interview and there's an audience and a band, you uh, it wears on you. So I think I'm noticing it now that I've stopped. There's no blood in my urine anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm told that's, well, that's, I'm told a, that's, that's a, a good thing. sign. Yeah, yeah. He's now got a podcast, doesn't everybody? Which he says is a bit less pressure and it might free him up to read more Irish poetry. Yes, Seamus Heaney came up. But then this slap down from the second captain's team. I don't want to tell you that you're doing Irish poetry wrong, Conan. I would never dream of doing that. But a former guest on this show, the author Fintan O'Toole, uh, created uh -huh. a key indicator for how screwed up the world was at any given moment. So based, this was basically based on how, many, how often lines from W.B. Yeats poems were used online after the election of Donald Trump. <laughs> so the more quotable yep. Yeats seems to be to commentators and politicians, the worse things are. As a counterexample, yes. we might try the Heaney test. If hope and history rhyme, 
let the good times roll. So you had it the wrong way around. You should have been reading Yates, and the second the Simpsons uh, call came in, then you get the Heaney out. But listen, I live blew it. Yeah. I blew it. I should have gone with Yates. I, you know, I don't know if you have you. Uh, you obviously guys know Bill Burr, yeah. the uh, the wonderful, uh, just fantastic comedian. Um, yeah, Bill Burr is a big fan of. Yates, and he got mad at me because I started telling him that Yates, late in life, wanted to uh, have more vigor in the bedroom and started having uh, the like mashed up endocrine cells of monkeys injected yes. into his junk. Correct. And and Burr, Burr got really mad. He's like, "What do you tell me this? What do you tell me this for? Don't I like Yates? What do you tell me this for?" I'm like, "Hey, look, I'm you know, you got to know the whole thing. Yeah, okay." Falcon cannot hear the falconer. Great. But also, that guy was injecting monkeys <laughs> into his body late in life. I don't want to hear it. Shut up, Conan. Shut up. So, uh, yeah. Let's, let, I'm just going to leave that little fact out there for people listening right now. Back in a bit. Welcome back. According to new Eurostat data, 68% of Irish adults aged between 25 to 29 and 89% of those aged 20 to 24 are still living at home. Grown adults staring at their teenage posters from their single beds. Not ideal. Never mind the parents who might just want them out. Sarah McGuinness is one such adult. She's an assistant news editor with the Sunday Business Post. She's in her 20s. She spoke to Sarah. So I'm 22. I am living in North Dublin with my family, as I always have. Um, I I suppose I'm coming from a place of like I'm born in Dublin and I went to college in Dublin and my life is kind of here. And I'm aware of how lucky I am to be in that situation. Um, but yeah, like when I kind of came out of college, I was doing freelance work for a while that like, you know, the nature of that isn't very stable. So then when I kind of first landed a contract job, a lot of people kind of said, oh, like, this is great. You can start saving for a deposit. And my first thought was, no, why on earth would I save a deposit for a deposit of a house? You know, like I'd have to save to move out to rent, you know, like young people my age, my read of it anyway, is people aren't saving to buy houses. They're saving to rent or more increase like increasingly more to the point now people are saving to emigrate and you know like the conversations that I'm having with my friends they're not about like oh let's look for a place in Dublin or Cork or Limerick it's let's look for a place in London or Berlin or Lisbon and there's a reason for that and um, yeah I really think that that figure of 89% is kind of a damning um, revelation and not at all surprising. And her plan? Save. But save to emigrate. Okay, and and what do you then see as the future for yourself? Like, do you, do you have plans? Do you have maybe a year or two years time you'd like to get out from your parents' house, or do do you have a plan? Um, yeah, like I have a plan. I'm saving, but like as I said, it's saving to move away. Like it's saving for a safety net in case I need one. Like I don't see myself living in like secure tenancy here outside of my parents' house this side of thirty. To be honest, you know, like the hope is that like in like I could go away for a few years and come back and probably move back in with my parents and then maybe look at look at putting down my own roots I'd love to own a house in Ireland like I would but the thoughts of it are just so far off they don't seem like I don't feel like there's a point of me even trying in the next decade I feel like I could I might as well try and experience the world a little bit more because experiencing 
Ireland in that sense is just way too far off. So yeah, it would be kind of saving to look at emigrating, maybe saving for, I don't know, like a, okay. it seemed to be more the case in before COVID, but like people might save to move out for the summer for a couple of months. Like that doesn't really, in my age group anyway, maybe among younger age groups, there's no point in that. You might as well just move abroad okay. um, is the view. From drive time. Now, breathe for impact. You've do been that. awful today. I have I'm to say. No, no, but really you think I'm awful anyway. But I, I'm entitled. Nice I, I don't, don't care what you think I am. I'm not going, I'm not going out for, for a glass of milk with you, I can tell you. Live line, Tuesday. Now, it was not a new row, oh no, but the depth of feeling on this one could have powered the national grid. It all started with Aileen. My problem is that on yesterday it came up on my news feed online that there was an awful lot of militant republicanism um, songs being sung in the Falls Park in Belfast on Sunday night with mm-hmm. the Wolf Tones tour. The regular ooh are up the ra and all this kind of stuff, and the um, the the unionist people were coming out and quite rightly so to say that it's uh, they're promoting armed republicanism with this stuff, and I I am quite concerned. The song is Celtic Symphony by the Wolf Tones, written by Brian Warfield, with those ooh-ah lyrics, you know them. But coming this particular week, the 25th anniversary of the Oma bombing, more contentious than ever. Brian took the call. Good afternoon, Brian. How are you, Joel? How are you doing? You love this. You you, you love this, don't you? No, I'm a little it's bit a sick money, of it's all a, this. Uh, well, you're, you're a little bit rich because of all of this, I'm aren't you? I'm a little you? bit sick of all this a little bit rich. that we get over the years. Like, oh, you love have, it. Um, so you love it. You love it. I, I love the music of Ireland and the yeah, story of sure. Ireland, no doubt about it. Yeah. But i got to tell you that we were up in Belfast last night. Over 10,000 people there. It yeah. sold out in less than a half hour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the unionist people are very jealous of the fact that, you know, okay, no, people okay, we're, not, we're, we're not talking about well, no, Brian, we're not, Brian, we're not going down that road. You're, people know your music. Well, what road? Well, I'll ask you a few questions now because Aileen is going to you try want and your, You it. want your show your way. No, I want, you I want you, you're on to ask questions. You're not on here to make more money, Brian. You've made enough out of that. I'm not, I'm not you've made enough. You've made enough. You've made enough. You love it. You've made enough out of that song and people complaining about them. And it's, and I wouldn't mind. I will not accept. It's a brutal song anyway. Um, Alien. OK then, and we've only just begun, notwithstanding the music criticism from Joe. But first, those lyrics. What does Ua uh, up the ra mean? Yeah, it, it, exactly. look, I've gone through this before. I know, do it I wrote again. that song. I wrote that song. I know. I, don't tell me. No, don't, 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 I've, I've heard all that argument before. Don't give me. No, the, no, it's don't give me all argument. the guff. It's, 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 don't, don't give me, you Brian. Don't, don't, give, don't give me. No, don't, I don't want to hear it again because it's all guff about something written well, on, know, a, Dan, written on a wall. Written on a wall. It's all guff written. You said you saw it written on a wall. What does when people sing and you encourage people to sing and you play it at every single gig and you hope that someone will complain so you'll sell out the next. Next gig, what does ooh ah up the ra mean? Well, you t- I think you're intelligent enough to know that. No, no, no I'm asking you. No, 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 I'm asking you too. No, it's, a ch- it's something that came up, and uh, uh, and huh? that's the way it was. And I've seen it on the wall, and I put it into the song. Well, what so did you, you can and- take your own well, meaning of it. 
It could be Ra could be the uh, Egyptian god. It could be anything. Oh, uh, so, I mean, you take please. your own meaning out of it, and I'm sure you oh, do, and I'm sure the unions do. But it's a lullaby. It's a lullaby compared to the Tell songs me, uh, that the union is singing. And I don't hear any complaints about it. Why oh, isn't there let a alien, let, a, let alien do, in do. there. Go ahead, alien. Yeah. Why, do, why I, are I, the people I, complaining? Let alien in, please, Brian. Do you want bonfires? Let, let, let alien in. We're not talking let, about bonfires. Let me speak, please. I am. Let her get you some. Let Aileen ask ask him some questions. Okay, I don't agree with her. I will. I will. Um, she's okay. not going to the show. Okay, um, she's not going to the show. She's not paying she's, in. She's, she's not going to the show. She hasn't heard the show yet. She was never at a show I, I, with the whole town. Yeah, because she's, she's, she's probably a, oh, she's probably a, probably a music lover. But Brian, what what does what does Ua up the Ra mean? You wouldn't know, Joe, because you never heard it. I did hear it. I'm sick of hearing you it. Never, it's brutal. How many songs do you know by the so word So rubbish. But anyway, that's not what we're talking no, about. No, why, why, do you, why, why do you... Yep. And it went on. You, I am. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, can I put some facts to you, please? Facts. Yeah, I can put facts to you too. When, when the, you when, yeah, it's, it, your, your facts, the depth of your facts you is... Don't, you don't Joe even Duffy, know the sounds the you I, do, five. I don't want to name five. I think you're brutal. I think you're brutal. I think the yeah, music is you've awful. Never heard it. It's awful. You've never I'm listening. Heard it. I want. I'd rather uh, listen to Keen from Cork at the minute. That brilliant, brilliant yeah, songwriter. Yeah, to a but anyway, band. Brian. Brian. Maybe we get to you and this yeah, band See, here down we go. Look, look. Them. Listen to this. Well, oh, the God. listeners listen to can, this yeah, no. level can of I, debate. Joe, can Brian. I, can Brian. Brian. No, I just want to. I want to put some. I want to put. I'm listening to Keen Ducrow at the minute. He's absolutely brilliant. Everyone listen to him. Great songs of hope open faith and brilliant, brilliant music and really intelligent, really intelligent lyrics. Now, Brian, during when the IRS... Joe, heart-breath Duffy. And then from Joe, the accusation that all of this was really about money. Well, you went uh, on to make too, money, Joe. Brian. Go ahead, Aileen. We're talking 15 I, I years. This is 15 years musicians. on. Yeah. you two this, make money? This, I don't make I tell you I tell you once here we go again Brian I do not make money I do not make money and would never make it's not it's not blood money it's I know that it's it's not blood money I don't make I don't make my money Brian I do not and sometimes I go and expose it about the late late show and everything else I'll go Brian Oh, the brown paper bags. Oh, separate you two. But then, callers to support Brian. Sandra. No, yeah, it's it's about time somebody came on to support Brian. Because I have to say, Joe, I'm not, before I start, I am not a political person. I'm not into the IRA. I'm not into any political parties. But I have been listening to the Wolf Tones, and I'm in my late 50s. And I've been listening to my wolf, the Wolf Tones since I was a teenager, if not younger. I grew up listening to them. My family were a very, are a very quiet family, not political in any shape or form. Yeah. But the Wolf Tones are storytellers. And maybe that lady at the start, I'm sorry, I just can't remember her alien, name. Alien, alien. She's still there. No offence, yeah. Joe. The two there. of you were very, very unfair. Okay. The two of you, you included, Joe, I think yeah, what you were fine. saying and the way you treated Okay. Brian and the things you said to him about making money—you make money. 
Yeah, but, well, I don't, but I don't make money out of uh, singing songs that are, that glorify that glorifies no, violence. Hold on, can I speak? Yeah, that's the difference. Please, I'm, that is the difference. I'm listening to the show. And most over. people in this country don't, don't make money you out of glorifying violence. I don't make money out of violence. He doesn't. I don't make money by the way. That's Sandra finished. Go ahead, Sandra. That. You are all homing in on the Ooh Ah Up The Ra Celtic Symphony. That is one, just one song. Maybe so, but tell that to Joe and Brian. So, I can't believe the nitpicking, Joe, that you're going on with. It's unbelievable. Nitpicking. It's one song. It's a song out of yeah. two and a half hours. Well, then leave and it out. Leave it out. In the shared, yeah. in the shared Brian, in the shared island we live in, why not leave in it out? Yeah. Why not leave in? it out? Yeah. Why in not leave it, out? To leave it out? In your two and a half hours. That we live in. Yeah. In a share, uh, go on now. In. Go on now about we, the unionists. Go ahead. No, we, no, no, no. I'm going to go on about the music. The in music the shared tells island, the story of Ireland. In the shared we island, and we're trying to put the violence behind us. We're trying to put the violence behind us, Brian. Why not leave? Why not leave? Why not? Why not? I'm not going to forget the heroes of Ireland. And who are of the IRA? Ooh, a lot of heat. Final word to this caller. Joe, thanks very much for letting me on. Okay, I'm getting a headache. Headache, you say? You're not the only one. Liveline on Tuesday. And from hating to loving to more hating again. Greek mythology because those cats really knew how to mess with your mind. With Kira King, Dr Martin Brady, head of the School of Classics has UCD. Aphrodite and Eros, you know, they would mm-hmm. kind of be very popular in, in modern pop culture, wouldn't they? They're often represented in Valentine's Day in particular, yeah, yeah. Eros or Cupid, as mm-hmm. the Romans called him with his, his bow and arrow. But, uh, Aphrodite's a curious figure as well. She has two husbands. Her second husband is Ares, the god of war. And you can kind of see how that works, that love and war yeah, are associated course, yeah. with one another. But her first husband is the blacksmith god Hephaestus, who, to put it charitably, is not much of a looker, not much of a catch. <sighs> oh, he god, sits at the forge fella. all day. He's very strong in the upper body. But when he was a child, he said something insulting to his mother, Hera. And Hera got angry and she threw him down from the sky and broke both his legs. Oh, dear. Okay. So that's why he became blacksmith, as gotcha. the myths has it, have okay. it. There's nothing he can do but sit at the forge all day. And so this poor, humble, hobbled man is also the husband of the most beautiful goddess. Wow. Well, the Greeks liked that kind of disjunction. Yeah, no, I get that. You win some, you lose some. You know? you do. Yeah, like your two broken legs. And on drive time, data on when to say I love you. Men, it seems, more eager to get straight in, with new research saying those three little words come three months into a relationship. Women, a tad more cautious. Mary Johnson from Accord joined Sarah. If someone says I love you, and you're not ready to say it back I wonder what's the best response because a friend of mine was telling me before she said thank you in response to um, the declaration oh gosh oh is that bad look I mean thank you that's you know I think if you don't really feel it you don't reciprocate it you don't feel what the other person is feeling you have to be honest and be truthful but I think you have to be very sensitive and very conscious of what they've just done and maybe you could say look you know I really like you I'm getting on very well and I enjoy your company and I find you very attractive and maybe I'm just not quite there yet okay and I kind of fancy your brother 
Well, that is it from this week's playback. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. No.